So I'd like to begin and indeed anchor all that I say this morning with a biblical text about the Spirit of God as that Spirit relates to your spirit and mine. And it comes from one of the letters of the New Testament, uh, tradition says, written from the Apostle Paul to the Christian community in a Greek city of Ephesus. And tradition says that he probably wrote this letter as he was in prison shortly before he died. Um, Six chapters, a real primer on the essence of the Christian life. And he writes it to those whom he calls the saints in Ephesus, not merely those who had attained some level of spiritual stature, but to everyone. Because saints for him was the word that applied to his way of saying, you are the ones, you in Ephesus, are the ones whom God has given a particular purpose in a particular place. And he, among the things he tells them, is how he prays for them, which is my prayer for you, saints of St. John's, in this particular place, in this particular time. I pray, according to the riches of God, that God may grant you to be strengthened in your inner being through the power of his spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses understanding, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him, who by the power at work in us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations. Amen. Did you notice in those few lines how often Paul spoke about power? That we might be strengthened with power through his spirit. That we might through the spirit be given power to comprehend. And the one whose power at work in us can accomplish far more than we could ask for or imagine. There are many ways for us to experience the Holy Spirit in our lives. Central among them is this experience of power. It was spiritual power that Jesus promised to those confused disciples on the night before his death that there would be power given to them and that would come to them to guide them when he was gone. It was spiritual power that enabled those same disciples of a crucified teacher to speak with confidence about their resurrected Lord in languages that others could understand their mother tongue. Now this experience, this astonishing phenomenon of spiritual power at work within and alongside the human spirit, it's It's not a concept unique to Christianity. It's a central feature of all world religions, and it anchors most mythology and any good story. Think of Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, Star Wars, to name but a few. 
May the force, right, be with you, capital F, right, not just any force, the force. And as you remember, that force was a powerful, pervasive, invisible energy field that Jedis could harness for good and darksiders manipulate for evil. Whenever people rush to tell me that they are spiritual but not religious, what I often hear in their life stories is this is a connection to that power, to spirit, but not necessarily connected to a religious tradition. Nonetheless, it's real, and they know it, and they can feel it, that mystery, that power that seems both of them and yet beyond them. This spirit is, our name for that spirit is, is the Holy Spirit, and it is at the heart of every human creative endeavor in art, into science, in awe, the awe-inspiring power of sacrificial love embodied in a human being. It's not ours to control or evoke, but it's real. And when we feel it, it's exhilarating. And when it's gone, we know it's gone. My yoga instructor used to say, you know, sometimes in yoga class you're a rock star, and some days you're not, right? Sometimes the spirit is with you, and sometimes it's not, and you know it. Um, and yet, it's in us when it comes, and it's, it's like our breath, and it's around us. It's like the wind, um, which also, it sounds great, right? So life-affirming and empowering. But here's the thing, and you know this. Our relationship to power, when it's given to us, is complicated. Um, there are many sources of power, human power, yours and mine, countless ways we use it, or deny it, or abuse it. Um, like many of you, I've been doing a rather deep dive into the history of our nation through the lens of race and faith, and it's clear when we know our history how people who profess to follow Jesus of any time, any place, can be capable of horribly misusing the power entrusted to them. And that same history and even how we may sometimes feel ourselves can, can persuade us that we don't have any power to affect the change we long for in ourselves or in the world around us. We can feel, even when we are uh, living examples of power, uh, we can feel powerless sometimes. Um, so it's complicated. And it's often said that power in itself is neutral. It can be used for good or for ill, which is certainly true of most of the power that you and I have. Um, and while the heinous abuses of human power are terrible to acknowledge and soul-wrenching to witness, there is also much accountability for those who fail to use the power we've been given for good. It was Dr. King who wrote in his letter to the Birmingham jail, a letter that he wrote to religious leaders including the Episcopal Bishop of Birmingham. Those who passively accept evil are as much involved in it 
as those who help to perpetuate it. Those who accept evil without protesting against it are really cooperating with it. Which is an indicting statement for those given power. To save us, though, um, about one thing Jesus is quite clear, that the Holy Spirit's power, God's Spirit, when it works in and through us, is always a force for good. The Spirit's power channels human power, even using our brokenness and our sins for good. And so, I guess I'm trying to say to you, it is, it is so critically important for us to tend to our spirits and to pay attention to the power that's been entrusted to us already. So as a friend of mine likes to say, we can give the spirit more to work with and through. And moreover, for those of us who, who want to follow Jesus, there is, and this is hard, there is a posture of surrender that God asks of us, that the Spirit asks of us. Because for Christians, the Holy Spirit will always direct us back to Jesus, who said, as you remember, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And he asks that same thing of those of us who follow him, to remember that it's not about us and our power, but a power given over, like we sing in one of our great hymns, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take, take my moments and my days, take my hands and let them, let them move at the impulse of your love. Take my voice and let me sing, take, take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will, take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Twenty twenty twelve in January, I heard a sermon preached from this very pulpit about the relationship of human power and spiritual power that I've never forgotten. It was uh, the morning of President Obama's second inauguration, and we were gathered here, as was the custom for so many, um, and the Obamas were sitting in the first couple of rows, and the Bidens were sitting right there. I was tucked in right here next to Luis Leon and his wife Lou, and some of you who were there were probably in the balcony. We were gathered with the cabinet. It was like this very amazing space. And the preacher was a man by the name of Andy Stanley, who is, uh, serves one of the largest churches in, outside of Atlanta. And from the pulpit, he stood up here, and he looked the president in the eye, and he looked around at every one of us, and he looked back at the president, and then he asked, what do you do when you know that you are the most powerful person in the room? And he was speaking, of course, to the president of the United States, arguably the most powerful person in the room. But he was also talking to all of us. He said, we've all been that person, you know. You were that person once in the school cafeteria. You could be that person at your dining room table, or in your office, or in the grocery store. You can be that person among 
family, co-workers, casual interactions, you can be the most powerful person in the room. And when you know that, what do you do? And he wanted us to acknowledge that God has endowed us all with power and to think about how we use it. And if we make that power available to the Spirit's power working in us for good in the world. And then he reminded us of what Jesus did with his power, evoking that scene from the Last Supper when he stripped down to his waist and took a basin of water and washed his disciples' feet. Jesus, he said, God's Son, the most powerful person on the planet, gave his power away in service of others. That's the example. That's the path. So, my friends, saints of St. John's, do you believe, do you know that God has given you a particular purpose in this particular time, in the particular places in which you find yourselves? On the day we celebrate this gift of power, amplifying for good our power, I invite you to consider the power God has already entrusted to you and how you use it. How is the Holy Spirit working through you for good? What of your power might Jesus be asking you to place before his cross of sacrificial love? What does the Spirit say to you when you are the most powerful person in a room? Let me pray for you again. I pray, O Lord, for the saints of St. John's, that God may strengthen them in their, that you, God, may strengthen them in their inner being through power of your Spirit, that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith as they are rooted and grounded in love. I pray that they may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the height and breadth and length and depth, and to know the love of Christ, surpassing knowledge, that they may be filled with the fullness of God. And now to him, who by the power working in you is able to accomplish far more than you could ask for or imagine, to God be the glory in this church and in Christ Jesus for all generations. Amen.